0: Hi, everyone. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the following podcast belong solely to the host and its contributors. They are not necessarily the views of our employers, organizations, committees, or other group or individual.
1: Hi, I'm Joseph Whitney. And I'm David Campbell. Welcome to Brewing with BIM.
0: Where we talk about constructing technology, processes, and beer. Well, all right, man. Uh, another episode. Uh, uh, we're dubbing this one, what, Christmas in Construction? Christmas in Construction. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Love it, man. <laughs> uh, so is uh, Santa bringing me, like, some DeWalt power tools, a uh, new Makita chop saw? Like, what's going on here?
1: Right, that's uh, what I'm saying. I need
0: a new table <laughs> saw, Stat. Oh, man. Oh, dude, you're telling me. I'm actually thinking about, uh, go, again, going off tangent here like we always do. This is just our protocol. Uh, <laughs> have you seen uh, – so, you know, you go to like Lowe's Home Depot, right? They've got their, uh, um, you know, uh, what, what do they call it? Like saw, sawmill, I guess is what they call it. But mm-hmm. essentially uh, you can run um, uh, big old sheets of plywood 4 by 8s through it essentially, you know, get cuts and do all that stuff rather than go out by another table saw. Cause I got rid of mine before I left Oregon. I gave up my little wood shop. Uh, I was thinking about, uh, just, just making a little, uh, rig for that. Uh, putting my, um, my, you know, little, uh, circular saw on there and seeing, seeing how accurate I can get it. You know, if I'm just ripping plywood, I really don't care. You know, quarter inch. I'm okay. That's, that's fine for me. Um, You know, anything more, you know, high end, like making some furniture. Maybe I really want a a nice uh, table saw. I don't know. So uh, add that to my Christmas list if you want to give me a table saw, bud.
1: (laughs) My dear Santa.
0: (laughs) My dear Santa. Oh, man. You've got kids. I've got kids. So um, uh, this is the season for going broke. Uh, Got to love it it. Gotta love it, but I tell you what, man, watching our kids open the those presents is uh, is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Do you do you know what you're getting for Christmas from the misses or anything?
1: Oh no, good lord, no. Well, most oh. likely nothing because because <laughs> you got kids. To, yes, because we got kids and we're going to California this year, so Ooh. I think uh, yeah, we're gonna go to Legoland this year for Christmas.
0: Oh, man, that'll be fun, dude. Uh, you're going to Legoland. I'm probably only gonna get some Legos. I mean, (laughs) actually, uh, my wife is um really great at Christmas shopping. She says, whatever you're gonna you want, you're gonna end up buying anyways. Why don't you just buy yourself a big gift and I'll do the stocking stuffers. Done. Win. High five. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) I got myself a little electric smoker. Gonna wrap that bad boy for myself and put it underneath the tree. Woo! Hashtag teamwork. <laughs> That's perfect, man. teamwork perfect drink, <laughs> buddy. Um, yes, it does. So, uh, on to more uh, serious conversations. What do you have in your hand? What are you drinking?
1: Oh man, today I'm doing it cheap. I have a cab, a Cabernet Sauvignon uh, from the boda box wine.
0: Is that like in France region?
1: I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> What region is the Boatimax from? That's in Fred Meyer, aisle, like, three in the alcohol section. Oh, man.
0: (laughs) Gotta love Fred Meyers, man. Dude, they sell everything. They got Nike in there. It's awesome, man. It's great. Oh,
1: they do. Yes, they do.
0: I am uh, still sipping on some Lafroy from our last episode. Uh, I got this bottle, and, uh, you know, I'll switch it up the next time, but uh, um, can't go wrong with scotch. It's just so tasty.
1: So I t- would have tried to step on the larceny, but definitely uh, uh, ran out before <laughs> before this episode. Oh, it's all good. It's all good, <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. man. So uh, our listeners, right? Um, Christmas in construction. Um, we're talking about cold weather construction. We're talking about, um, you know, just cool technologies for, for the holidays, for this, uh, uh, for, you know, whether we're talking about weather or just uh, this time of year, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I've got, I've got, you know, a lot of great notes, things I want to cover, bullets, but I'm interested in hearing where you want to take this conversation.
1: Well, you know, I have, a, I have a couple ideas in terms of, you know, safety for cold weather, um, how BIM has impacted um, cold weather applications for construction, whether it's unitized buildings, it's um, poor schedules and things like that in your design program to kind of get around Um, of course, if you're pouring concrete in the winter, you know, you have to put in additives, um, so it can withstand the cold weather, doesn't freeze as fast, things like that. Or we could talk about my Christmas list. I mean, I totally want to ask Santa for, (laughs) for a few things this Christmas in terms of, you know, Hey, what's coming out or what, uh, what, what do we see? Well, let's save that for the end.
0: Let's, uh, we'll do a Christmas list at the end of this. Um, I'm taking a note of that right now make sure we hit that. Um, Uh let's do a Christmas list at the end and say what we want from Santa.
1: Yes. I like that.
0: All right, man. Yeah, that's, uh, you, you, uh, you had a great point there. Um, cold weather safety, like, uh, Mm -hmm. safety protocols, a bit different when you're talking about, uh, 18 degree weather and, uh, you know, a few inches of snow on the outside.
1: Definitely. Definitely. I mean, whether it's icicles, it's actual ice, it's a snow buildup. I mean, there's so many different things that you have to account for, even in your design, um, from schematic design into construction documents. Your 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 design, your BIM model itself has to change to adapt to the climate and the conditions that you're dealing with.
0: Ah, so your model is seasonal. I love that. Mm, yeah seasonal models that's that's pretty cool man that's uh that's that's an interesting concept
1: i like that <laughs> well i mean honestly growing up in indiana northwest indiana you have like three seasons you're gonna have cold as crap you're gonna have spring that might be <laughs> you know spring that's kind of all right and then you're gonna have summer which is hot as crap so <laughs> hot as crap you know you're cool you're designing you're doing whatever but as soon as it Cause cold as crap you have to change designs and, and kind of what you're looking at in terms of wind snow um and then the live loads
0: that's uh that's definitely a, a different mindset than say uh where i was right i i grew up in a uh, i'm a tech I'm, I'm a nomad but i'm a texan by by heart i grew up in texas it's been like 20 something years there i loved it um it was just too damn hot right um you know 100 degrees in february we were outside surveying and uh bacon in the asphalt and the, you know, it's, it's not fun, but, um, you know, for us, you know, Hey, it's hot outside, bring an extra gallon of water with you, go about your business. There was no like real, like, you know, other safety thoughts that we were really having. Um, but you're talking about like, well, man, you've got some snow on the ground. You've got some, uh, you know, this project has a deadline. We're going to keep going until, we you know, until we yep. complete it. Um, being a little proactive on the modeling side to account for, like you're saying, your your poor schedules uh, and poor sequence, all that sort of stuff, so that you're yeah uh, um, adjusting for additives or you're maybe pouring concrete, trying to get to pouring concrete sooner. Um, like you're you're factoring all this stuff in and working around it. Like that's that's stuff that we you know we we weren't really doing. And I know even in, in more extreme heats, they do certain stuff like that. Like in Nevada, I had a buddy who was a roofer. They do certain things at night um, to mm-hmm. combat the, the, the extreme heats during the day. But, again, that's not really implementing any drastic changes in the safety protocols. Uh, essentially, that's just changing the hours at which you operate. But you don't have that luxury when you're in cold weather. You can't just say, well, wait till it's cooler at nighttime and then start doing stuff. No, you have to say, well, keep going. How are we going to make this job safe as possible? and uh, uh, adjust accordingly.
1: Yep. It's also looking at general weather reports, seeing what they are, the averages for, you know, different days, different times, things like that. Letting us know, okay, we're most likely going to have the most ice build up from this time to this time. After that, we're going to go ahead and melt, and this is when we could be most productive. It's adjusting not only times on the site, the safety on the site, everything that we're adjusting to the cold weather itself.
0: Yeah, that's, that's beautiful, man. That's stuff that, uh, I wasn't really thinking about that. I was thinking about like technology not working, bundling up stuff, um, uh, cool technology that, that makes working in extreme temperature a little bit easier. And then, um, uh, you know, how to get out of the working in extreme temperature. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's perfect. That's probably the most important, (laughs) that's going to be the most important topic of, (laughs) of this whole podcast, man. Um. Uh, I did want to highlight some stuff, though, on the technology front, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Well, go on. All right, man. So uh, I work with a lot of firms that uh, they they build in cold weather. It's 25 degrees outside or something. They still got to be out there. They're doing layout in cold weather, but um, they're having issues with an iPad, right? They're doing layout using an iPad controlling a robotic station. Oh, yeah. Amazing workflow. Not so much great for cold or heat because the tracking and targeting comes off and it doesn't want to follow you or it overheats or or the screen just freezes up. All this stuff because an iPad is a consumer device, not a commercial application that runs BIM 360 layout Android. And the reason why I say Android is because you Apple folks, you just had it too good for so long. And now it's our Android time to shine, man. Um, I love Android devices. They are more ruggedized. They have uh, commercial applications, not not just consumer applications. There are real commercial applications, and they make really awesome, ruggedized tablets. So um, the screen's not going to freeze up on you. You're not going to have the same issues that you did running an uh, uh, an iPad connecting to uh, you know a Bluetooth bridge because iPad has its own proprietary Bluetooth. The to connected to device. Now we can just sync our um, Android Bluetooth device. An Android straight to the total station and do layout in bin 360 layout and it is awesome. Doesn't matter if it's cold outside. Just saying.
1: Yep, yep, yep.
0: Not as cool as uh, safety, uh, uh, cold weather safety, or at least as important as cold weather safety. But uh, it's a relevant topic
1: for us, and I just wanted to bring that part up, man. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, technology plays a huge part into all of this. It really oh, yeah. does.
0: Um, so I'm going to skip over technology. Well, I'm going to skip over the traditional sense of technology, and I'm going to talk about technology in clothing. And this is a lesson that I'm learning right now. Um, I was spoiled in Texas. I had extreme heat. It's great to you know if you can stomach the heat. But then uh, I moved to Oregon and I lived there for about six years, and we had the most mild climates you can imagine. It was beautiful. It was not too hot, not too cold. It was kind of that Goldilocks zone. Uh, with some overcast and rain thrown in, uh, fast forward to today where I'm living in, uh, Pennsylvania and, uh, we've got, uh, snow on the ground. We've got, um, uh, <laughs> you know, and snow squalls and all this crazy stuff happening. Oh, and, yeah. uh, it's, it's more than, more than I'm used to. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a dress shoes when I, when I need to, or I'm wearing, you know, you know beat up work boots if I'm going on a job site, uh, or I'm running around in tennis shoes. But what I do not own and I, you know, I'm, I'm heavily researching today is uh, good quality American made work boots that are insulated, uh, Gore tech lining, all that sort of stuff, all the, you know, the great fiber technology, um, because they, they make being on a job site just, you know, that much more enjoyable if you're in the cold weather.
1: Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, there's a lot of, There's a lot of research behind it. You don't want to get any type of frostbite. You don't want to get trench foot so that, you know, your feet are staying out out cold all day and they're wet and they just stay cold and wet all day. No, there's no reason for any of that. There's no reason for your jackets or your coats to be absorbing any type of of water and making you cold and, and just soaking all day. No, there's no reason. We should be looking into any types of technology that can. And I mean, not even just technology in terms of digital, right? But in terms of the design of the fabric itself. The Gore-Tex. I mean, we had a lot of that when I was in Afghanistan. You'd get on cold weather night, cold, cold nights, and you have a Gore-Tex kind of blanket, you have a Gore-Tex sleeping bag, you know, that you're that you're using out in the field to keep you warm. And I mean they're applying that here. Yeah. Because we do need those types of materials to keep us kind of sheltered from the wind, from the water and keeping us warm in, in these winter conditions.
0: And and so, you know, the great thing is uh, I love again, I love our industry. Um, the people that we work for in these industries are amazing. And I say this because um, in the construction industry, the, the number one thing that uh, I always see that comes first is is the people that are at these firms, like their, their bosses, you know, always want to make sure that they have the, you know, exactly what they need to do their job and do it comfortably or at least relatively comfortably. And I bring this up because like, they've got, you know, boot allowances, clothes allowances, all that sort of stuff to go out and get their, you know, whatever they need to get their job done. And, um, you know, there are some people out there that don't do that. Don't get me wrong. But um, I bring this up because my brother gets, he works for a, a concrete company gets like a $250, um, uh, you know, footwear allowance every like six months. And, um, you know, he tells me, he's like, man, I go out and buy all these you know, boots, but tell you what, the same pair of uh, Red Wing or Danards or whatever he's got, it's probably last him two, two plus years um, and still going strong. But he's got, you know, all these, <laughs> he's getting all these great boots and stuff. Um, but uh, the, you know, the technology on these shoes, these footwear, has come such a long way that, um, they are lasting longer. They are you know, more comfortable. They make your, your lives easier. So you're not thinking about your feet aching or cold feet or any of that stuff while you're out in the uh, extreme yep. extreme temperature. So that's pretty and cool. It,
1: it's, it's a lot of it, I think, is adapting to those temperatures and, and the, the climate itself. Um, understanding not only the limitations of yourself, but the equipment that you work with. So yeah. well, let's say that you have hydraulic equipment any type of forklifts or anything like that, any cranes. Well, you have to know that you're going to have to start them early. Let that hydraulic fluid warm up. Let it get its pressure built up before you should operate it because otherwise it's not going to run. It's going to lag. It really is.
0: Yeah, you're going to have some issues. I mean, uh, I've heard things about um, heater, like essentially like a heater core for stuff like that. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, how how often is that? So uh, I'm just, you know take care of your equipment, I'll take care of you, know the limitations of your tools. Um, Yep, know the
1: limitations of your tools, prep for the job that you're coming up to, Um, know as you're designing what type of, as I said earlier, seasonal design, know what type of climates that you're going to be working with, know that it's going to take longer for this concrete to dry, or know that it's going to cost more because you have to put this additive in, anything like that, that you can actually put into the project itself. Before they start building, it lets us understand uh, or gives us, I guess, a better budget, right? A budget idea of what's what can and what will happen on your project.
0: So uh, you said something really important there, um, you know, adapt to your cold weather. Mm-hmm. I, I just uh, I, I don't want to know if I want to adapt me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm missing Oregon right about this time of year. What's the temperature there right now, bud?
1: oh dude it's like it's like 40 50 degrees here i mean it's raining right now but i'd still say it's like 45 degrees outside i am cool
0: i went back to indiana
1: that's short weather man i'm rocking short yeah i went to indiana for a week and i was like this is ridiculous i am cold it's windy i come back to portland and i'm like oh this is kind of nice it's uh it's raining a little bit, but it's still kind of warm. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, um, uh, hanging out with you in Valpo was fun. Is it Valpo? I know it's Valparaiso, but you call it yep. Valpo for short. Is that Valpo.
1: it? Yes, Valpo. Yes, All
0: right, man. Learning the learning the local lingo. Learning lingo. the lingo.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, when I left, uh, so I went up to Michigan and I came back down and I passed through like South Bend area and I right about there, man. Uh, you know, I was I was always racing the storm. Um, but as, as soon as I got to South Bend, it was just on me, man. So I'm flying down the road, trying to get out this whiteout and, you know, not the best of conditions to be racing the, you know, down the highway, but, uh, I, I'm, you know, doing my best. And then I, uh, I was, I was, uh, I had some food poisoning. I remember telling you about that. Um, uh, but I was pulling over at like the, the Oasis. Is that what you were calling them? Like the, the yep. uh, service, the truck service stops. Closet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know I get ahead of the storm and I'd pull over and I just rest and like oh man I gotta drink some Alka-Seltzer like just chill out for a few minutes let my stomach settle um but I'd like close my eyes for like five ten minutes then I'd look back up and the snow's right back on me I'm like dang it got to race it get, get out of it again so uh it's cold weather man it's uh it's something to get used to uh um I'll be uh driving through it this weekend as I head up to visit some family some relatives in upstate New York so um Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to adapt yet. (laughs) (laughs) My wife would kill me. Um, but yeah, uh, adapting, not, not it'll come, it'll, it'll happen. I'm just going to whine about it for now. Um, so speaking of not adapting to the cold weather, um, just let technology, you know, kind of step in and, and, uh, Uh, replace some of that miserable cold weather interaction and i want to talk about something i saw today that was really freaking cool uh i think i asked you about this earlier have you seen the fast brick hydrian
1: oh yes yes those are awesome
0: oh man talk about residential construction just speeding that up uh doing your brick placement it'll do all your brick uh it'll do a full uh, brick structure building in two days like done. Uh, this is all residential, right? But large large houses um, And it's all done in the truck. It's done off of CAD drawings. It's pretty remarkable um, It's gluing it supposedly it's better uh, insulation. You know, we're talking about cold weather um, It's you know, it's supposedly better on your heating cooling cost um, I don't know much about it other than the video I saw today Somebody had pointed it out to me and I'm kind of a little obsessed with it I'm like man, that is just some really cool technology I don't want to displace any brick layers. Uh, I love the laborers like they do what they do as an art. Um, and I don't think we'll ever be able to replace that. But just seeing such a cool application, something I would have never thought of, is very uh, um, uh, amazing. You know, cool stuff to think about. Um, but on that same front, what's another great way to, to bypass extreme temperatures? Modular design, prefabrication. Oh, uh, specifically yes. off-site. Then bring it on site and do as little work there as possible. So do everything inside of your nice, big, warm warehouse. Um, I say warm. That's relative. It's still warmer than outside. Um, but do everything in your big warehouse uh, uh, away from the uh, external conditions. Um, and then, you know, ship it and, and uh, have your guys, you know, assemble on site. Less time out in the cold uh, in, in the uh, cold weather, weather. yeah. That's, that's a beautiful thing, man. And I Dude, know uh, I I completely
1: I yes we are I completely agree with that and I it was funny but I was researching this just the other day it was unitized building taking prefabrication a step further into into terms of understanding where your building went like your timeline things like that especially in the winter and kind of putting together a lego building things that snap together things yeah. that lay on top of each other and and kind of provide the support through Snap-on, essentially.
0: Snap-on, that's one of my favorite uh, automotive tools, by the way. Automotive uh, yeah, me, me too. <laughs> uh, I think we, we've got a taste for the higher class. Although I do have some Harbor Freight stuff laying around. <laughs> Not ashamed to admit it, man. You need something, nope. you need something. Yep. Um, so, you know, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to give too much glory to, the, you know, these firms that are doing this because there's one big one in particular. That's uh, specializing on this uh, kind of uh, you're saying building units uh, prefab modular design whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it, this stuff. There's one you know big one that comes to mind um, that you know we we always bring up their name blah blah blah. Um, they're doing this, but they're doing it to uh, um, essentially control the whole supply chain, saying, well no you, know, you got to use these components if you want to do this if you want to do a design make sure you use these components. Uh, you can fit it in any way that you want, but I can control all these components. So, therefore, your design has to, you know, if you're going to use it, uh, do a design, make sure it uses this stuff. Put it That's together any way that you want. Yeah, put it together any way you want, but it allows me to control the, the, the supply chain of that. And a lot of people are buying off on it because they've got really predictable costs. Um, uh, a lot of prefab, all that stuff happens off-site. It goes up a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, you know, these firms that are doing this, one of them has got like $15 billion in backlog. So, you know, it's, it's working out. We'll see, uh, what the future yeah. holds, but as we have to build faster, stronger, and, uh, with the, you know, shrinking budgets, um, it's probably not a bad way to go. Bridge that manufacturing construction. And, um, the more that you do, um, uh, offsite at your own, you know, uh, prefab, fab, fab shops, um, the more, you know, the less your guys are exposed to those extreme conditions.
1: I completely agree.
0: Yep. I would say that that's probably like, you know, we're talking about safety at the beginning of this. Doing prefab uh, uh, components off-site and then bringing them on-site is probably one of the best things you can do for safety, um, reducing your safety risk.
1: I definitely agree,
0: yeah. Um, and then, uh, I would, you know, this is... A very small segment of it, but um, as we're doing more prefab stuff, using tools like Navisworks, or you were saying doing something with like site logistics and Bluebeam, or even using vehicle tracking to show, hey, this is how this stuff needs to go in there. This is how we can do it more quickly, and um, here's like the the path that it all has to take to fit in there in the way that it needs to fit in, and this allows us to accomplish it faster, so that we're not, you know, freezing our, our butts off outside. Yep. Um, any thoughts on uh, that 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 kind of technology? Well, I mean, anything us out that the, uh... you can,
1: anything that you can design into or you can push into the design itself to kind of get around things like that is going to help. Any of those sensors um, for monitoring when, uh, let's say, temperatures are getting too cold, things are getting too icy, things like that for um, any type of workers or Um, operators to go ahead and work on yes anything like that is going to help us keep that safe or keep those safety numbers I guess down in terms of accidents things like that Um, if we're adapting those types of things into our design itself saying okay we know that typically we don't want people out in this time of the year in Minnesota or you know in Wisconsin things like that we don't we're going to get these types of temperatures we need to do these types of things in that time kind of zone um, to better prepare ourselves for what we're going to come up against anything like that is going to really improve our processes moving forward the more that you can push into the design the more that you can push into um i want to say before pre-construction right pre-construction the more that you can push into that i feel like the more it's going to help down the road
0: yeah i'm, I'm with you man um there are a few things that, that uh you know kind of come to mind and one is like the first obviously is um just want to get this out of the way the only thing to me the gold the cold weather uh is good at making rather um, is uh people that can tolerate higher levels of alcohol, like <laughs> oh,
1: yes, <laughs> this is definitely that's true. It. it doesn't
0: make your construction projects better. I'm sorry, guys. It just doesn't. It makes, them, makes them me more mad that I have to be outside and just you know, oh poor me, I'm outside dealing with you know cold weather. I, I'm a wimp, dude. I'm sorry, I'm spoiled. Uh, but uh, um, that's that was just my you know two cents on that um but uh going back to staying out of the cold weather once you're there and talking about uh on our last podcast we were talking about uh uh going forward with bim and digitizing construction there are some cool things you can do with digitizing construction that can keep you out of the cold weather uh did you have you thought about any of that stuff
1: oh yeah i mean preparing your site to actually keep anybody there that out out of the cold weather um, in terms of, okay, we have a building itself, let's go ahead and secure these entrances, these entrances, try to keep air, like the cold air out, and anything that we can keep insulated and heated in, you know what I mean? Well, Preparing well, I was those designs.
0: Did you, Oh, yeah, yeah, doing it in the designs. That's yeah, yep. Again, man, you're always thinking two steps ahead of me, stuff I hadn't thought about. <laughs> That's why uh, we're such a good uh, combination on this stuff. Um, I was thinking of uh, you know, the cool technology, we talked about it again on our last podcast, AR, VR, scanners, stuff like that. If I can scan a job site, um, I don't have to be on the job site to know, you know, the progress, right? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk about something, you know, we talked about, we kind of mocked a little bit, right? The the robotic dogs that have the scanners on them. Uh, I mocked them a little bit, but now I'm starting to think, you know what? If it's walking the job site after hours and giving me that scan, um, so that we don't have to be in extreme conditions. Again, I don't know if those dogs can handle extreme conditions as robotic dogs, but, uh, if they're able to just, you know, fly through the job site, um, or we get to a point where it's able to fly, something's able to fly through the job site, do the scans, capture it. So I don't have to be out in the frigid air, um, but I still have all the data that I need to to work from for the day like that Mm -hmm. again that's great technology that keeps you out of the cold and then vr being able to walk the job site um without actually having to physically walk the job site
1: definitely anything that you can use as far as technology without putting an actual person there on the site is going to be great
0: so um we talked about a lot of various stuff at least i rambled on a bunch of stuff uh is there anything else that you can think of for this uh christmas construction episode before we get to a christmas list No, man i don't think so what about you um you know what no no i think the the scotch is blocking all those memory receptors and
1: uh, (laughs) thought, thought, uh,
0: thought processors in my head and uh uh, nothing really comes to mind. Nothing jumps out at me. Uh, I just, um, now I'm starting to think about, I can't stop thinking about what I want for Christmas now. So uh,
1: <laughs>
0: you got a list, man. What What is it? What's, going, what's on your list?
1: So on my Christmas list, of course, I'm thinking, um, I, I'm definitely thinking scanners, of course, because I think that's going to save us a lot of time and a lot of effort um, during the cold weather climates. Um, I'm thinking there are some, uh, I can't remember which ones they were, but they're heated gloves, heated gloves on a construction site is always going to be amazing. Keeping your fingers, keeping your phalanges, kind of, um, warmed up, right. Not getting the uh, frostbite, um, uh, making sure that you're having the right cold weather, um, clothing, things like that. I think yeah. that would be big for me. Big for you. All right. Yep. Yeah.
0: I'm down, but I I think you have access to scanners. I'm just gonna throw that out there.
1: <laughs> this I do. This I do. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, we've got we've got quite the uh the arsenal of scan technology. Um so you said something that uh made me kind of chuckle. Um, my wife is, you know, big into friends, the TV show, and you said phalanges and instantly I thought of the <laughs> uh phalange episode (laughs) sorry man Uh, (laughs) uh, married a millennial what are you gonna do oh boy oh boy i'm I'm technically a millennial it's all good
1: you're a millennial what am
0: i saying man
1: (laughs) i know dude we're both millennials
0: oh my gosh yeah damn us all uh so my christmas list um well before i ask i say what i want for christmas just gotta ask you you listed a bunch of stuff were you naughty or nice this year man
1: Oh man, a little bit of both. Yeah,
0: I can yeah. never
1: just. I can never skirt the line. I, I have to always go all the way across it. I can't just stay straight on it. <laughs> I just got. You know, it's,
0: it's not. It's no fun being nice all the time, man.
1: <laughs> no.
0: Especially when they send us to Vegas every year. Come on now. Oh good lord. Yes. <laughs> Sin City. Come on. Um. So. Uh. You know. Eh, alcohol. What are you gonna do? fun times, uh, losing some money and (laughs) drinking some beers. Um, so my list, uh, well, the number one thing that keeps me warm and it's probably not job site appropriate depending on the state you're in. Uh, some areas I've been on don't care, but, uh, alcohol that's on Mm -hmm. my, (laughs) that's, that's on my list. Drink, uh, uh, a few on a few job sites in the past. Um, don't tell, OSHA or whoever. But uh, no. <laughs> just kidding. Um, uh, and then obviously, I want the new, you know, I want the Halo lens too. I definitely want those. I want some Visual Live 3D. Um, I would like, yeah, I know I've got access to scanners, but I, I physically don't have one in my house right now. So I'm going to throw a scanner on there. I want a scanner. I want a GTL 1000. Put it, you know, make that happen.
1: Yeah, <laughs> make it happen.
0: Make it happen. Send me a GTL 1000 with, uh, or the L actually the LN 150 would be pretty nice. I know it's not a scanner, but uh, uh, the longer range and the bigger window on it, man, I I can do some fun stuff with that, but uh, scanners, man, Uh, I've got all the software I ever wanted. So uh, yeah, I'll take a (laughs) scanner. That'll do scanner, a headset, um, and, uh, some alcohol.
1: Good to go. Oh, this is true. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I do I think the scanners are pretty amazing in terms of um analyzing what we have the existing conditions what's going on giving us an idea with what's going on with our our construction project the schedule everything really. Do um, you know,
0: do you know what's possible with the scanner? Like do you, like all the stuff that's possible with scan with a point cloud will blow people's minds. It's insane. Yep. I you know, we talk about this all the time like edgewise uh so one thing we can do a verification from a scan, and we can tell you um, Nats ass how far out, you know if you are Nats ass or how far you out your your installation is. If you use the right stuff per the BIM model, um, if you um, you know if everything's in spec, all that stuff. Uh, um, if you uh, or or we can do that, we can convert that point cloud into an actual Revit model or Plant 3D or whatever you want. We can create models out of that stuff. Um, and if you're talking civil applications, you know, SIM, civil information modeling rather, not just BIM, um, I can actually, you know, fly a site and turn that into a, a point or I can uh, do a scan. And what it allows me to do is actually do linear feature extraction. I can do vertical feature extraction where it'll take um, objects like trees and say, hey, this is a, you know, this is a tree or this is a stop sign. These are light poles. And it'll, it'll mm-hmm. create objects in your skin that match, matches that. Or I can do linear feature extraction and like grab curbs like uh, this is actually a big thing in roadways. Uh, A lot of people don't think about this, but roadway construction, um, you know, I want to scan or I want the curbs uh, and the road. um, I want a profile and I want the road surface uh, in my civil file from this point cloud. But how do I do that? Well, there's actually tools. In fact, I can use Infoworks to do this. I can do linear feature extraction grab all the curbs to uh, create, export them as shape files, export the, um, road surface or in the, the ground existing ground, all that stuff or, uh, current site conditions of the ground. Um, and and send that as a surface all in civil 3d for design. Like that's mm-hmm. boom. Like there's so much cool stuff that can happen. And of course I'm more passionate than anybody ever should be about point clouds and scanning, but I love it. And, uh, um there's just some really cool stuff coming out we were talking about gen uh generative design on the last podcast that generative or that gen MEP that'll run the algorithms on your point cloud and tell you how this is how you should route everything and all that stuff like point clouds are becoming really viable and low cost uh um to produce yes they are anyways that's my wish list uh, oh, and I want a full-time programmer at my house. So every time I have an idea, <laughs> uh, I don't just sit on, a, sit on it and say, it to, you know, the idea too close to my Alexa device, so that uh, you know, Alexa or Google or whoever, Amazon or Google or whoever listens in, and then, you know, three months later, somebody else creates it. Um, I want my own developer, full-time, so I can just say, hey, man, I need you to make this app for me right now, and have them go to work on it. That way, uh, <laughs> I can be ahead of the curve and actually. Um, uh, have something that I thought I've created heck yeah oh and um, uh, I am definitely naughty I, I'm not going to get any of this so uh, I, know that, <laughs> I know that's not going to happen but uh, hey man Merry Christmas um, this has been fun again I I think I talked more than I wanted to but uh, I'm a few scotches deep so life's good Um, was there anything you wanted to end on?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: All right. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, uh, look forward to the the new year and the next podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in.
1: Yep.